Our next guest on TSB is the Chief Operating Officer and the Chief Revenue Officer for Writer Relocations. They've uh, had uh, a lot of success, 70 plus years of exceptional service, won many awards. They've got over 500 plus professionals and experts who work across 190 countries and to discuss the situation of the UAE ranking first in the Arab region in the IMD World Talent Rankings and also how companies are moving towards a cleaner and greener future. We are joined by uh, the COO, Simon Mason, in the studio. Thanks very much for your time this afternoon. Yep, pleasure to be here. And uh, we've got you in the studio and we feel like we could talk to you everything in regards to your work with Rider Relocations or just as equally about any of the sport. You've been talking to our producers all afternoon about football. Oh yeah, very uh, avid football fans out there. So, uh, great conversation. <laughs> it's, it's great to have you on here. Uh, Rider Relocations. Um, so, y- your work is obviously, you know, trying to find the right staff for companies globally. Um, how have you found business over the past two years? Has, has, it been, has there been a huge shift post-COVID or have you found it challenging? It's actually been very strong for us and, and strong as an industry. Of course, overall, um, there's been a number of shifts in talent ability that have had an impact on uh, our business overall. But that impact has been very positive, particularly a shift, of course, to remote work has led many people to be a bit more uh, free in terms of their choices to where they choose to carry out their role. And of course, the UA specifically has been a huge beneficiary of that. I think so. But when it comes down to remote work, I speak to a lot of people that are coming out of school or coming out of university, and they almost see remote working as an entitlement. And and I find it really hard because I feel like remote working should, and I'll put my hand up and say, maybe I'm becoming a dinosaur. Maybe remote working is something that should be earned because you've developed trust with an employer or trust within your organisation. Because I wouldn't like to go into the workforce now and go to a new job and work remotely without having to have any relationships with people. Yeah, I think it depends on the industry. I mean, we see across our client base, different industries have different levels of comfort. Of course, there's certain sectors that really require in-person work, if you're in, say, the manufacturing or energy sector. But more recently, of course, a huge amount of our technology clients are embracing either remote or hybrid work. But then increasingly there's data that's coming out even this week, of course, which I think was a large technology company saying they find that there is more productivity from employees that work in the office in the early stages of being technology engineers than in the latter stages. So even across generations, I think companies are finding productivity is different. But I think that sense of entitlement is very strong. <laughs> no, that, that's so true. But tell me something, you know, like you mentioned about a few sectors that are, you know, considering this. What are those key sectors which are completely in favor of uh, you know hybrid working or remote working so if you if you asked me 6 months ago overwhelmingly um, the the technology sectors uh, mm-hmm. overall and and we serve many global clients in that space were of course heavily utilizing remote work um, but what's interesting is we've all seen this kind of gradual shift back to components of return to the office and that's really started with asking individuals to come in maybe one or two days a week. But, right. you know, it might actually increase. And I don't think it'll ever go back to pre-COVID in terms mm-hmm. of expectations. But now it's actually causing, you know, d- demand and, and volume within our industry because, of course, people that may be previously relocated far away from their headquarter location True. to work remotely are now suddenly expected to move close back <laughs> and get into the office. So I think that we've kind of benefited from that volatility in terms of the surges of activity either way. Um, and it's been um, a very active couple of years. I think it must be so hard and so stressful, specifically when you're relocating workers. Oh, yeah. um, it's hard enough in your own country to move, given you, the change of addresses and the change of work. And now you're in a position where you're moving uh, talented individuals and you're moving their family. Um, 
how, how much of the softer skills are required in your job at rights of relocations, not just finding the right person, but also helping people relocate? It, yeah, it's very significant because I think everyone understands that relocating, particularly internationally, say within to the UAE or another region, uh, is one of the most stressful things that an individual or family can go with go go through in their life. And um, that's normally coupled with also starting a new job, which is also one of the most stressful things. Yeah. So uh, we're really focused on providing that end-to-end solution to make sure that we can handhold those individuals and families throughout that process. So that could be helping them find housing, the right school for their children based on their specific needs, cultural language training if required. And then, of course, a big part of what we do is just manage expectations. You know, if you take uh, the UAE market, for instance, at the moment, you know, sometimes it's quite difficult in certain areas to find certain housing that might be a preference for an individual or schools because of the sheer popularity of this location. Mm. So we have to really manage expectations to ensure people understand what's actually going to be available and uh, what the market looks like before they arrive. Recently, Rider Relocations, you organised the HR Conclave. Uh, what was this and, and, and what did you take away from the event? So really, we see one of the, the greatest value uh, propositions that we can provide to the local HR uh, community, particularly leaders of talent, reward and human resources, particularly in Dubai, is to really bring our network together and have it as a central point for discussion and dialogue around some of the latest trends and the latest impacts of various changes in local policy and demand that really is shaping uh, the talent mobility landscape in our region. So, you know, a big outcome of that was really talking about how many companies are pushing towards much more flexible approaches to talent. So we talked about, of, of course, offering different policies in terms of hybrid or remote work, but it's also down to the very benefits that they receive when they relocate as well. I think each individual, I guess, nowadays has a higher level of entitlement <laughs> to what they expect. We're, we're more used to as consumers outside of our work life, having everything customized for our own unique needs. And of course, there's an increasing expectation that also happens almost instantaneously. So really, human resources is, of course, working closely to make sure that people have a wonderful experience when they relocate, just as they would if they were, say, onboarding in a new company as well. And so when you're talking about reload, uh, relocating, obviously, you know, UAE has its own rules and regulations, visa, uh, and, and with new visas coming in, life's kind of become slightly simpler as compared to back in the days. Uh, but what are the challenges that, that one does face when they're relocating in, in this part of the world? Yeah, so I think that um, one of the things, of course, that has occurred recently, as you said, is, is an, an increased ease in some of the administration around visa immigration um, within to Dubai and the UAE overall. That's been very helpful. I think right now, because um, particularly, I think, coming out of the pandemic, uh, Dubai specifically in the UAE has become so popular and is seen as such a steady safe location in a world of constant volatility in which yeah. we live in is really making sure that people understand that at times of course there can be limited availability to certain schools certain housing if you want specific areas so we really encourage um, individuals and families to kind of be quite open-minded you know share your unique preferences and requirements with us but then let us guide you because we can really understand where there's upcoming demand and supply being released into the market in certain areas. And I think the UAE is doing a fantastic job of accelerating, say, construction projects, the development of schools, the expansion of schools. Um, but we're still in a, in a place where the demand has been surging. So I think that's a challenge around managing expectations. But we really like to do that from the earliest possible moment mm -hmm. of interaction to make sure that there's no shocks to the system when they <laughs> arrive. Uh, we're currently speaking to Simon Mason, who is the Chief Operating Officer at Writer Relocations and International and Domestic Relocations. 
accommodation uh, services company. Uh, in your work, you said how the UAE is becoming far more attractive. Are, are you then finding with some of those extra benefits and perks, companies are in a stronger negotiation position when CEOs or employees want to come here? Absolutely. I mean, it's often um, a key component of a package that is offered um, to specifically say that the role will be based in the UAE and Dubai specifically. Um, given the attractiveness of the region and this location overall, it's something that is particularly appealing often to, of course, mid senior level executives, uh, extremely tax friendly, very safe and uh, education and quality of life here is, is superb. So it's it's really um, something that's a key part of that um, talent acquisition package and is often positioned in that way to help attract and retain some of the best talent. Because you only have to speak to people who came out here in the 90s and some of the packages that, that they were on, whether they were pilots or executives, and you and you hear about what packages are like now, and you're like, right, that was pretty good no, that back was then. Huge. That um, was huge. Are you finding that, therefore, uh, neighbouring countries to the UAE, whether it's Saudi or Qatar, are finding themselves to have to be more competitive um, to try and get the best talent, given that UAE has a, um, a more cosmopolitan life that expats are used to? So we, we work and have a presence across the entire region. So we see um, many countries within the GCC, of course, looking at their own individual ways to attract and retain talent. I think they all approach it with a different angle and a different strategy. I mean, recently we've seen some countries in the in the GCC look at also shifting to, say, a four-day week, which again mm-hmm. is a, another nod towards uh, positioning as a great place for work-life balance or integration. I think um, overall, some of the initiatives that the UAE has put in place is, is, is really kind of the gold standard that many countries in general are looking towards in terms of being an easy place to do business business and a place that is attractive. So, yeah, I think that Dubai and the UAE overall is just kind of helping raise a global bar in terms of the standard of living and the potential to that mm-hmm. uh, as a as a leader within any respective business. See, you know, hiring is one thing where you need to look for the right set of talent and, you know, relocate them from wherever they are. But the bigger challenge, and that has been always, is retention of the talent. Uh, what what has UAE been doing to ensure that uh, the talent pool doesn't slip out? Yeah, so um, retention is critically important, particularly when individuals and families, they go on an international assignment. It's normally very expensive. There's a lot of benefits involved. Um, there's, of course, ways to offset and, and optimize the cost, but it is is not a cheap endeavor. Um, so it is critical, of course, you retain that talent. Um, one of the big areas of focus, of course, is making sure, and this, this actually comes a lot from, um, I formerly, before I started in my career, did research into expatriate failure as an academic. Mm-hmm. Um, so know firsthand the impact of um, what the cost of a failed assignment is and uh, the inability to retain talent. And one of the big drivers is actually the, if not the, the main driver, is the inability of the family um, and the spouse to settle in that new environment. So, so happy wife, happy life. Uh, that would be a very uh, straightforward way to put it in general. <laughs> um, uh, but, but yeah, the, the inability of the family to assimilate into that new environment is the biggest driver between uh, assignment failure in terms of an individual company retaining talent. Um, you know, within the region, of course, there's a number of uh, benefits and perks that are offered. But having an environment where the family is also supported, which is actually very easy, specifically in Dubai, yeah. um, is something that is is key. And I think that's also helped have a significant amount of retention here. And we've seen that because we manage people inbound, outbound, and our outbound activity has has dropped significantly but inbound mm-hmm. has of course exploded in the wow. last couple of years so i mean it's incredible to see um how many people are coming and staying 
Yeah, because I remember when one of my favourite footballers, Alessandro Del Piero, he went to Sydney mm-hmm. uh, to play football. And everyone, everyone said, why? And he said, oh, my wife wanted to live here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's sad. And uh, so, hey, I was a Sydney FC supporter, <laughs> so I wasn't going to complain uh, in, in that situation. Uh, one of the other things we wanted to speak to you about, Simon, uh, sustainability in mobility and moving towards a cleaner and a greener future. Because studies suggesting that a big chunk of customers uh, that are opting for relocation services have actually changed their purchase preferences based on social responsibility. How much about when you're looking to work with CEOs and really talented individuals, are they then coming and looking towards uh, making sure there's a there's a green initiative with the company they're working with? Yeah, whether we're working with an individual on a consumer basis or a global 500 company, um, questions are now very frequent in terms of what our organization is doing towards being sustainable. Um, and in every formal uh, tender or um, request for proposal, there is quite rigorous assessments of what um, Writer and any other company in our field is doing to, to work towards ESG overall, so environmental, social, governmental. Uh, so it is a big um, part of the conversation. And of course, increasingly, companies like Writer are working to have a number of robust measures in place to drive towards significant sustainability goals. So um, it really does drive um, purchasing decisions. It drives preference. And it increasingly is also something that customers are willing to understand. There can also be cost components of that. Right but they're willing to pay if they're looking for a high-value service that also is one that is socially responsible. And when it comes down to uh, certain industries, uh, which industries do you think uh, at the moment uh, are most on the lookout for CEOs and executive talent? Yeah, so I think that what's uh, fascinating from a UE perspective is the sheer uh, variety of organizations that are growing and expanding here. So uh, in the past, of course, uh, when the economy was more heavily focused on the energy sector, that was typically where you would see talent being recruited from. But you know, recently, from our perspective, for instance, not only have we seen a significant influx of technology talent, but actually a huge amount of creative talent into the region that just really wasn't here, I think, 10 years mm-hmm. ago. And that is, of course, driving the significant growth, development, investment of a number of um, companies in that creative sector that previously um, just weren't necessarily a significant part of the economy here. Well, uh, Simon, congratulations on all of your success. Uh, if people want to do get in touch with Rider Relocations, riderrelocations.com, that's the best place? Absolutely. And they can uh, get in touch, uh, the WhatsApp number uh, and the email address. It's all there. It's riderrelocations.com. Uh, thank you very much for coming in and sharing the story. I guess it's uh, symbolic of the UAE that uh, post-COVID, uh, there is this economic boom that you said a lot of people are seeing this as a not just a safe haven, but with the uncertainty in certain economies in 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 the in Europe and also the US, uh, the Middle East is becoming more attractive than it's ever been. Absolutely, and I think that that will continue for uh, for the future for sure. Simon, thank you very much for joining us. If you want more details, uh, you can uh, check out the website. It's writerrelocations.com. In conversation with Simon Mason, the Chief Operating Officer, you're on TSB Talksport Business on Talk 100.3. Hey, thanks for listening to another TSB TalkSport Business Podcast. And don't forget, if you want to hear the full show, we're live every weekday from 3 to 7 p.m. across the UAE on Talk 100.3. Or you can listen to us via the Big Fan TV app.